0: Thank you, wow! What a what a great opportunity to worship the Lord today. Amen. I appreciate uh, those of you. Uh, they, this team does uh, spends a lot of time in preparation and work and practice, and appreciate uh, them today. I Appreciate uh, Brother John reading for us today. And uh, you know, I, as uh, I hate to point this out, John, but as you read that passage, it says, "I was young, and now I'm." yeah but his his name's John Young, so he's still young right and uh, but honestly, as he was reading, I was thinking about uh, him and his wife and their faithfulness. They served for uh, was it forty plus years thirty five years in New Zealand as missionaries and uh if you I've said this often, if you talk to some of our uh our not-so-young generation, they will always tell you, and they will reiterate the same thing, that God is faithful. God is faithful. And as we, life is sometimes hard, isn't it? Can I get an amen to that? Life is just sometimes hard, and, and this week, man, it seems like uh, I, I've had a lot of conversations in the last week or so of, of Satan just wanting uh, to attack Um, And, you know, just kind of maybe a way of encouragement. I think about we've been praying for uh, the entire year, Ephesians 3.20 and 3.21. I have uh, encouraged you to set your alarm for 3.20 a.m. or p.m., you choose, uh, or both. And just pause for a moment and pray Ephesians 3.20. And we've been doing that, that, that key word of that. We're just asking that God would do more. And God has been doing more, and, I, and we want to celebrate what God is doing in this place, but, but maybe by way of warning and encouragement, when God begins to work, and when God wants to do something and God does more, uh, Satan does not like that. And Satan is going to attack. Uh, many of you made, I, I was blown away a few weeks ago when, when many of you made a decision to uh, to honor God in your finances and to put God first and begin uh, tithing. Some uh, started for the first time ever. Some was a recommitment, you know, that they used to give, and now they're going to start tithing. And uh, I'll be honest, I think that is just, I don't want to overlook how, uh, what an amazing, big, massive, I don't know how the right adjective here to describe that step of faith. To put God at first in your finances is a huge spiritual decision. Um, and, and I'm proud of you for making that decision. But with that decision comes, again, a warning that Satan wants to attack those who are doing something for God. And so, if you are discouraged this week, or maybe Satan has been attacking you this week, know that God is working. God is good. And, and again, uh, this all started by... That verse of scripture, when I was young, and now I'm old, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. God is still on the throne. God is still good, and, and God knows. Could we just bow our heads in a word of prayer this morning before we get into our, our passage today? And I just want to ask, as our, as our eyes are closed, our heads are bowed this morning, would anyone say... Um, just by maybe raising your hand this morning, you know, John, um, Satan is really fighting me this week. Would you just put your hand up? Just put your hand up. Leave it up for a moment, if you, if you would mind. It's hard for me sometimes to see everywhere, but man, just by a, a glance, we're at probably 40%. You can put your hands down. Probably 40% of us in here this morning that Satan is attacking you and your family, maybe it's just you know, Satan has a way of getting in our thought life doesn't he and, and making us think we're less than um, this morning as I was driving in I heard the song, and just kind of randomly came on uh, you are who, you, who he says you are you're the child of a king the king let me pray for you, God we are We are humbled this morning that you chose to love us. We are humbled this morning that you proved your love by sending your Son Jesus to die on the cross to pay the penalty of of my sin debt. And Lord, this morning, there's many that have walked in this room this morning and and uh, with maybe some heavy emotions, heavy thoughts. And Satan is attacking, and Satan wants to destroy, and Satan wants to uh, derail what you are doing in their life. And so, God, I pray that you would protect them. I pray that they would rest in who they are in Christ, that they would be reminded of, of the price that was paid to prove that, God, you love them, that you're in control. And Satan has no power in the presence of Jesus. So, Lord, may we, may we claim the truth of Scripture that greater are you in us than he that is in the world. Bring grace, bring comfort through the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord. I, I pray this morning as we open up your word uh, that you would speak directly into our hearts. That you would encourage us and that you would strengthen us. And, Lord, that your word would penetrate our life today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to continue our series in Psalms, so turn to Psalms chapter 37. Uh, I'd encourage you to get your bulletin out, follow along this, this morning. Uh, also, maybe some of you are uh, on, your, uh, app, uh, on your app, Version Bible app, our notes are on there as well. Um, if you haven't yet, maybe a good opportunity as you're turning to Psalms 37, either in, uh, in your Bible or on your phone, to share the live feed. It's a great way to invite someone uh, to hear a message, and so some of your your friends may be at work. Some of them may be uh, waiting for the football games to come on. Who knows? And, and uh, your sharing of this live feed may get them to watch a message and they may find Jesus today. And so that's why I ask you to do that this morning. But this is our third or our second week in Psalms. And Psalms chapter 37 is it's um, a powerful passage of scripture. And it's written really, uh, and, and you from that, that phrase or that verse that we kind of landed on as John was reading that passage about, uh, even when I was young and though now I am old, I have not seen the righteous forsaken. And so we understand David was the author of this passage and most historians really based even on that one verse will say that, that David wrote this looking back on his life. And so, you know, as, as we get older, you realize that, that our perspective changes, right? And, and things change, our perspective of things change. And so, David looking back on his life, and we also have to remember, it, how many of you, so we're going we're to kind of get the elephant out of the room, because if you look at the bullets in the question on the top, the outline, what, to do, what do you do when bad guys win? And so... All of us in the room, we're just going to, be, we're going to be completely honest this morning. We've all thought it. We're probably ashamed that we think it, but we've all done it. How many of you have ever thought, God, it, it seems like that person is doing everything they're not supposed to do, and they have everything that I want. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. All right, we're just going to, like, just let it go, all right? We, we all think it. We probably shouldn't, but we all think it right. We all think it like, God, I, I mean, I tithe and I'm faithful to give, and they, the neighbor has the new car. And I want the new car, right? Right? <laughs> so we, we've all thought it. And you know who else you know who else thought that? David. Not, not Pastor David over here, but Dave. David the King. King David. So again, this is written when he's old and he's thinking back his life. Now let's think for a moment about David when he was younger. David, uh, as a young man, possibly a teenager, was anointed as the next King of Israel. But he would spend most of of his 20's not living as the King of Israel. He's been anointed as the next King of Israel and he spends most of of his 20's running for his life, living in caves, trying to find food. The king is trying to kill him multiple times. And multiple times, David has an opportunity to kill King Saul. But he chooses not to because he realized King Saul is, God has placed him in authority, not King David. And so God will take care of King Saul in God's timing. And don't you wish God's timing was my timing or your timing, right? Right? And so David for years sat in the cave and thought God I'm doing everything you asked me to do. Remember I could have I could have killed Saul but I wanted to honor you by doing the right thing. And yet here I am in a cave still. And that's why I love the book of Psalms because it's real, it's honest. I think Psalms is less like church than church is. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because we come to church and, and everything's great, and, and everything's, we, have to, we have to pretend like everything's great at least, right? And I, and I said something last week, and I'm uh, kind of, a, I guess, a brash statement, or harsh statement, however you want to word it, that if, if someone comes down to the altar, that we should not be judging them. We should be excited and celebrate with them. And that this should be a place that that hurt people can come and find Jesus. This should be a place where we realize nobody's perfect. This should be a place to realize that some of us on staff probably had a fight with our wife on the way to church today. It wasn't me. We don't ride together. so (laughs) I'm not confessing myself today. But we are all messed up people in a messed up world. And that's what Psalms lays out perfectly. This is King David, a man after God's own heart, and he has the same exact same question I have. God, why are you blessing them? And why does it feel like nothing is going my way? Why do I have bills that are piling up? Why is my kid sick? I mean, the question could go on and on and on and on. And the fact that David, a man after God's own heart, would question God, man, it puts me at ease a little bit. Because I question God sometimes. And I wonder sometimes, God, do you not see what I see? Am I alone up on the stage this morning, or do you guys, are you guys, do you guys sense what David senses that sometimes it's just like, well, let's let's look at what we can do about that. Number one, if you got your bullets in, uh, I write this down. It's the first blank there. When bad guys win, this is man. I wish I had some just like. Five point things to do. Here's what, it's it's one word. Trust. It always comes back to that. I'm gonna have to trust God. It's not, it's not that I trust what I see, it's that I trust what I what I know. And what I what I read in scripture. Let's read the first eleven verses, alright? In Psalms chapter thirty seven. Let me get there. Hopefully you're already there. Psalms thirty seven. Do not fret, verse 1, because of evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Here's the word, right? Verse 3, again, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also, in the Lord. He shall give you the desires of your heart. Verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. Verse 5 again says, trust also in him. He shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as a light and your justice as the noonday rest in the Lord that's a good thought this morning rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him again he says do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass cease from anger forsake wrath do not fret it only causes harm okay there's a good good word for you worriers do not worry it only causes harm you know 85 percent of the things you worry about never come to pass That was the side sermon. Verse 9, For evil doers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth, for yet a little while, and a wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in what? The abundance of peace. There's three negative commands in this passage that we just read in these first 11 verses. Three negative commands that, that, uh, that King David says. First is number one, and verse one don't worry. These are listed on your outline. Don't worry. The second one is don't envy. Okay, it's so easy to compare yourself to others, right? And, and so we, if we're going to focus on God and not focus on what we wish God would do, the first thing is just we've got to trust Him. And there's three negative commands here don't worry, don't envy. Verse 8, look at verse number 8. It says, cease from anger. And then it says it again, and forsake from wrath. It's like this, uh, that word more, the sense of rage. Anybody in here, an angry person, don't raise your hand. Anybody live here, live with someone that's, no, I'm not going to ask that question. (laughs) Um, when I was a kid, my my, uh, my mom and dad aren't here. My mom's serving in kids ministry. My dad is taking my sister to the airport, so I can say whatever I want. Uh, my dad, I could tell when he was. You, you guys, how many of you pushed your parents just to the brink of explosion? You guys, anybody do that? And uh, how many of you knew it was obvious? Dad is about to blow up. How many of you backed away from that? Immediately, I'll be honest, I kind of liked the explosion, I'll just be honest. And it was usually like this, me and my brother standing together, we see, oh, dad's about to explode, and my brother would take a step back, and I would take a step forward, (laughs) let's see the fireworks, right? But but my dad, I could tell, when he was about to explode, and and when I was, those few days when I did have some wisdom and I would back away, is I could see his, his jaw muscle. Like grit gritting his teeth. How many of you, your parents, had a tell? You know, like you knew it's time to back away, right? That's what this is referencing here. Cease to be angry and then that cease to from that rage to pull away. Listen, don't envy, don't worry, don't be angry. If I'm gonna learn to trust God. And if I'm going to learn to understand that sometimes the quote-unquote bad guys win, then I've got to cease from worry, I've got to cease from anger, and I've got to cease from being jealous or being envious. But there's three positive commands, three things we should do. Right? Number, look at verse number three. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land, and I love that phrase, feed on his what? faithfulness. God is faithful. This is, I think, why uh, in the Old Testament when they built the stones of remembrance, remember they built the stones to remember what God had done when they crossed over and, and, and freed them from slavery, and they asked the question, well, what are the stones for? These are so when your kids ask what these stones are for, you'll be able to tell them, God is Faithful. Maybe you need to have a conversation this week with someone that's a little farther down the road than you and they can remind you that I was once young and now I'm old and never seen the righteous forsaken. God is faithful. Feed on the faithfulness of God. You have times in your life and that's why I, I think there's got to you need to have stones of remembrance in your own life. There need to be those days that you mark down or you journal or that you just etch in your mind that and on this day I experienced the faithfulness of God because there's going to be days ahead when you're going to have to look back and say, okay, if God was faithful then, I know God will be faithful now. Feed on his faithfulness. The second one they're positive here is to practice I don't even like to say this. Look at verse number seven. Rest in the Lord, wait patient. Oh, I did say it. Wait patiently for him. Practice patience. Waiting on God seems like eternity, doesn't it? How many of you open the microwave before the last second goes off? <laughs> you impatient people. I say that because I are you, all right? Verse 9, he will do or shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord shall inherit the earth. Here's the the truth. I I really can't be patient and wait on God if I don't trust him. I have to trust him. And if I I rest in the fact that God is in control, and God knows, and God cares, and God is at work, then I can be patient. It's in God's hands. Wait patiently. Practice patience. The third one is model meekness. I think this goes back to our anger issue, but look at verse 7. The meek shall or excuse me, verse 11. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. I think it comes down to one really reality here. Look, look back at verse number four. If I'm going to trust in God even when things aren't so well, number four, delight yourself in the Lord. He shall give you desires of your heart. Listen, I'm going to have to focus on Him, not them. Did did you catch that? I'm going to have to focus on Him, not them. We, We tend to look at everything else and everyone else instead of just focusing on who? The one who created me. God. If I will keep my focus on my Creator... Than all the other things. We sang this song Wednesday night. I hadn't heard this song um, in a long time. Ben let us in this Wednesday night. The lyrics here are just for one chorus. Turn your, turn your eyes upon Jesus. How many of you remember that song? Okay, and you, I, raise your hand. You've got to be over 30 apparently to, to remember that song. Here it is. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And you guys could say it, right? And the things of this earth will grow strangely dim. In the light of... Hey, I saw a young person reading it. Good job, Leslie. <laughs> Turn your eyes on Jesus. Look at him in his face. That's, that's the main th- If If I'm going to trust in God, I've got to pursue him. Focus on him, not them. Number two, when bad guys win, trust. When bad guys win, be content. Man, that's another word I don't like, contentment. We talked about that for an entire week in our financial fitness series. But let's read uh, Psalms 37, verse 12 through 15. The wicked plot against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. What a description of the, the world, right? The Lord, look at verse number 13. The Lord laughs at him, the wicked, for he sees that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy, to slay those who are upright in of conduct. Their sword shall enter their own hearts and their bows shall be broken. Listen there is a judge and you are not him God is going to set everything and God is going to settle accounts and I don't have to worry about it right God's going to judge the wicked it's not my own responsibility to do that I'm going to pray for them I'm going to encourage them and I'm going to strengthen them and I want them to know the same thing I know why did David not kill Saul Because David was not the judge. God was. I'm going to be content that God knows and God's going to settle accounts. I don't want to spend a long time on there, but look at the next one here. It says, there it's on your outline under number two, be content. Be content that God will judge and be content that God will provide. Look at verse 16 and following through with me. Verse 16, a little that a righteous man has Is better than the riches of many wicked. Maybe uh, this is not in your bulletin, but maybe write this out to the side. I've got. I'm kind of making notes on my Bible. Maybe you could write this in your Bible. Here's just a few principles uh, about godly living or the righteous living about God's provision. Okay, and we're just going to point them out as we read through this. So you might want to make notes on your bulletin, or maybe you could write in your Bible. Better write small. So verse 16, a little that righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. So real simple statement about God's provision and principles of that. Less is more. Less is more with God when God is in it, right? So I don't need everything the world has. I want to pursue God. Verse 17 then says, for the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. There's your principle. It's very simple. It's right there for you. The Lord Upholds the righteous less is more, verse sixteen, the Lord upholds the righteous, verse seventeen let's keep re- keep reading verse eighteen, the Lord knows that the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied, but the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the matter shall. Ve- Meadows shall vanish. Into smoke they shall vanish away. Verse 21, the wicked borrows and does not repay. But the righteous shows mercy and gives. Another principle of God's provision is righteous people are generous people. We all need to learn to be more generous. We said this in our financial fitness, right? The, the command is tithing, but the goal is generosity. Those who pursue Christ also will be generous people this is with not just money but with you know the three things right their time their talents and their treasures let's keep reading verse 22 for those blessed by him shall inherit the earth but those cursed by him shall be cut off the steps of a good man are ordered by the lord and he delights in his way though he fall he shall not be utterly cast down for the lord upholds him with his right hand next principle here verse 24 you may fall but you won't fail. If you're pursuing God, you may fall, but you won't fail. The Lord's got you. The Lord's got this. You ever watch those uh, videos on YouTube of dads who catch their kids, you know, like they're fast asleep and the kid falls off the couch and they just catch them? You guys, have, you guys seen those? How many of you have ever experienced those where I remember, uh, I can't remember what kid it was, just to be honest with you, but I remember we were at a baseball game, and a kid was falling out, and, and Steve Switzer just grabs, I don't even know, I didn't know he was paying attention, he just rescues his own, it was one of his kids, I don't know if it was you, Stephen or not, I'm sorry, and just grabs him like, oh my gosh, that's like dad strength, right, his dad radar went off, how many of you have ever experienced that before, either your dad or you as a dad? Can I just, this is a, you know, silly illustration that doesn't even compare to what God is like with us and his children. He, he knows. He sees. He's working. He's going to hold us by his righteous right arm. So we may fall, but with God we won't fail. But let's keep reading. So verse 25 Here's the verse we already have quoted a few times. I've been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. Simple principle. You will not be forsaken. God will not forsake you. The New Testament says that I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. God is with you. But let me just pause for a moment because... We're talking about how God is with you and God's going to protect you and God's going to provide for you and God knows and God cares and God is working. And we're contrasting here the wicked and the righteous. But let's just really be honest this morning. Everyone in the room, we're all wicked people. I got quiet. All of us in the room, we're all wicked people. That's just the reality. So if, if, if God upholds the righteous, but we're all wicked, what, what is David talking about? The Bible is very clear. The Bible says that we are all wicked. We are all sinners. Romans 3.23 says, we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I'm a sinner. I'm wicked. Romans 6.23 says that my punishment for that sin is death. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life eternal life comes through Jesus. That's right. So I'm a wicked person. Paul wrote in Ephesians, for by grace you're saved through faith. Not of works, not because I'm good, because I am, you can say it, I'm wicked. Not of works lest any man should boast. It's a gift of God. That's right. I am the reason God can can look at me as a righteous person, even though I'm not, is because when he looks at me, he sees his son Jesus. He doesn't see my wickedness, he sees Jesus' righteousness. And so that's why I can claim these promises, because at the age of 17, I was wicked and in my sins. And I, I did exactly what the Bible says. The Bible says if you, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that God is who he says he is and that Jesus did come and he died, he was buried, and he came back to life three days later, you can have salvation. And salvation means that God doesn't see me in my wickedness anymore. God sees me in the righteousness of his own son, Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? So at the age of 17, I cried out to Jesus and said, I am a wicked horrible sinner and I need Jesus and I can't I can't earn my way to heaven I can't be good enough to get to my heaven I am a wicked person and I need Jesus and based on what scripture says and based on what I experienced at that very moment my life changed forever my life changed for eternity at that very moment I was now clothed in the righteousness of Jesus And so when that verse says God upholds the righteous, guess who he's speaking about? Me. Because I've come to him through his son. So there's a lot of good promises in this passage, but I'm just going to be really bold with you this morning. If you've never come to God through Jesus, these promises are not for you. In fact, the opposite is true. What we're about to read what's going to happen to the wicked, they're going to be judged, their eternity is sealed, that's for you too. Unless you give your life to Jesus, unless you come to God in faith, through Jesus, what we're about to read, the fate of the wicked, that's you this morning. And I know this doesn't sound really nice and it's really somber in here right now. But I have to give you the bad news because the good news is no good without the bad news. Jesus died for you. Everyone in the room. He died because he loved you. He died because he wanted to clothe you in his righteousness because he knows your fate. And I would encourage you and challenge you this morning, if you've never called on Jesus and you've never placed your faith in Jesus and you've never confessed your sins, do it today. In fact, I want to ask you just to close your eyes for a moment right now. We're not done this morning, so don't put your Bibles away. We still got more to go, but I'm just going to pause for a second. If you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, it is so simple and it's so easy and it's life-changing. And you want to do that right now. And you'd like me to explain right now how to do that. Would you just put your hand up for a moment? Everyone's, no one's looking around. Just put your hand up. Put it up right now. Just put it up right now. You, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. I see one hand. Anyone else? Just put your hand up real quick this morning. Here's what you need to do right where you're at. You need to call out to Jesus. And and you can pray right where you're seated. Nobody has to hear it. And maybe it'd be something like this. God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm wicked. And I know Jesus died for me. I believe Jesus came back to life. I believe the only way I can get to heaven by placing my faith in Jesus. Right now, in this moment, God, I place my faith in Jesus. I confess I'm a sinner. I want you, Lord, to be my Savior. As our eyes are closed, would anyone say this morning, John, I just prayed with you right now. Would you just put your hand up for a moment? I'm not going to call you out. Just put your hand up right now. Just put it up wherever you're at. I just want to pray for you. If that was you this morning, just put your hand up right now. Right? One in the stadium. Any, anyone else this morning? Just put your hand up. I'm not going to call you out. Just, I want to pray for you. God, I pray this morning that that person that raised their hand, that you would give them the courage in a moment. We're going to stand and we're going to sing, that you would give them the courage to tell someone about it. Lord, for those in here this morning that maybe made that decision but didn't raise their hand, that you would give them the courage to come forward this morning. They would tell someone what they have done today. Lord, we will give you the credit, we'll give you the glory for what you do. All right, get your Bibles back out. Let's keep going, all right? You guys are like, what just happened, right? Verse 27. If you're filling out your outline there, number three, when bad guys win, do good. It's like so profound, right? Trust, be content, do good. Psalms 37, let's look at verse number 27. Depart from evil. And it says it right there. Depart from evil and do good. Dwell forevermore. Verse 28, For the Lord loves justice does not forsake his saints. They are preserved forever. But the descendants of the wicked, look at that, shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom and his tongue shall talk of justice. The law of God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in the hand, nor condemn him when he is judged. Verse 34. Here's that word we don't like. Wait on the Lord. And again, he says, keep his way, do good. He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. I have seen the wicked in the great power and spreading himself like a, a native green tree. Yet he passed away, and behold, he was no more. Indeed, I sought him. He could not be found. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright. There's some great wisdom right there in that verse. Amen. What, what is he saying? Look on the screen here, verse 37. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright. What, what King David is saying is there, there are people who are living a godly life in front of you. And you need to pursue them. You need to learn from them. You need to have a conversation with them. And you know what they're going to tell you? I once was young, and now I'm old. I have not seen the righteous forsaken. God is is faithful. Verse 38, but the the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. Lean, so right now, there's a lot of us, we already raised our hand, there's a lot, of, like 40% of us in, this mor- in, in the room this morning that actually raised their hand That said, man, I, am, whew, I can't breathe. Life is hard right now. And I'm stressed. Satan's attacking me. What does it say there in verse 39? The salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of of trouble. Again, get our focus off of them and put it on Him. Verse 40, And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them. Why? Because they trust in Him. We need to focus on Christ. And in Christ, He will teach us to trust to be content, and to do good. So then it comes down to really one question, and that is, what are you focused on? Are you focused on him or them? And them could be anything, right? Could be them people over there, them problems you're having. Who am I going to focus on, him or them? Would you close your eyes for a moment ask Ben to come and prepare for our next opportunity to worship this morning? Again, I, I'm throwing this percentage out there. I, I didn't count, but it looked like to me about 40% of you this morning that raised your hand in here that are, are struggling right now. And I want to encourage you. Don't waste the opportunity this morning in the next five to seven minutes to just come as you are right now. We're going to have an opportunity of worship. In a moment, we're going to stand and, and there's going to be people up here at the front. They're going to be facing you. If you would like to pray with one of us, we would love to pray with you. There's male and female up here. And, and we w- if you would like to pray with us, just come and shake our hand and say, would you pray with me? If you need to have a serious conversation, we have rooms right here behind. We would love to take you back there and talk and share some scripture with you. But maybe this morning you, you want to just come as you are and you just want to fall on the, on the altar and say, God, I need you today. I'm resting in you. Lord, I want to trust in you. God, I don't, I don't see you. God, I don't understand right now. But God, I want to I rest in you. I want to trust in you. And again, please understand that that we want to celebrate any decision, any step of faith you make this morning. You walking forward and and coming out from that pew and and wanting to see God, to me, is is a big step of faith. And we want to celebrate. We're not going to judge anyone in this room this morning. That's not our responsibility. We want to encourage you to take a step of faith. And maybe that step this morning is just to come down and pray again if you want to pray by yourself we're we're not going to interrupt you but if if you would like us to pray with you we'd be glad to do that we're going to sing a wonderful song of worship that simply says come as you are here's the reality you don't have to clean yourself up to get to Jesus you come to Jesus and, and in his time and he'll clean you up it's his job not yours just come to him God, I thank you for this day and Lord, I pray this morning that I, I know that there's some heavy hearts. There's people in here this morning that, that are just struggling in life, Satan is just attacking them. And So God, I pray that he, as you have promised, as your word tells us, the Holy Spirit will comfort and the Holy Spirit will encourage and strengthen and empower. And so God, I pray this morning that they would take an opportunity this morning to come forward to put their problems on the altar and just completely trust in you that you are in control and that you are good and that you are working Lord help us in this next few minutes of this service just to worship you Lord it is in your name we pray would you stand with me this morning as we worship again if you'd like to come forward and pray just come and pray if you want to just stand there or even just sit at your seat and let's just worship together through music today